Well, we started last week talking about unlocked treasure. And you see the song we were just singing about, you know, I want to seek you first. I want to keep you first. That's a good way to start our year, to seek God first, to keep him first. Because, you know, there's a lot of things that tries to distract us from God during the year, isn't there? And we have a little mission drift, kind of drift off course if we're not careful. So uh, I'd like to start off this morning in Psalms 34, verse 6. And this is in the Message Bible. Oh, first off, uh, I was reminded, especially since we can't cancel the service last night, there's a lot of people who don't make it out. A lot of our church is actually somewhere else. And they're watching online. So we're glad to have all you folks who are online watching the service. And you can communicate with us. And anything that we do or give away or whatever in a service, you contact us and we'll get it to you as well. Um, So Psalms 34 verse 6 says, When I was desperate, I called out. And God got me out of a tight spot. Have you ever been in a tight spot? If you haven't, your time's coming, okay? So don't feel left out or anything. But the psalmist says, I was desperate, and I called out, and God got me out of a tight spot. Verse 7 says, God's angels set up a circle of protection around us while we pray. Prayer is important. It is a key that makes a difference in our lives. Verse 8 says, open your mouth. And taste. Open your eyes and see how good God is. And he is good. And you can expect in the year 2017 to discover all the treasures that he has set up for you that they're unlocked. We just know, need to know how to recognize them and, and how to access them. So it says in verse 8, open your mouth and taste. Open your eyes and see how good God is. Blessed are you when you run to him. And then in verse 9 it says, worship God if you want the best. How many of y'all want the best in 2017? I do. And I do believe with all my heart that the best is yet to come. And he says here, worship God if you want the best. Worship opens or you could say unlocks. Worship opens doors, unlocks doors to all his goodness, to worship him, to put God first. Worship is your heart responding to God's heart. Worship. We worship him, we think oftentimes with our voice, and we do. But worship is more. We can worship God with our time, our energy, our resources. We worship him with our actions as well as with our words. So it says in verse 9, worship God if you want the best. Worship opens doors to all his goodness. Worship unlocks doors to all of his goodness, to all of his treasures, to all of his blessings, to all of his promises. It says in verse 10, young lions on the prowl get hungry, but God seekers are full of God. We're satisfied. When you got God, you got it all. You really do. Matthew, familiar passage, chapter 6, verse 33, says that he will give you all you need from day to day if you live for him. 
You make him number one in your life. If you live for him and make the kingdom of God your primary concern, the main thing. Keep the main thing, the main thing. Above everything else, put God first. Okay, in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Then the Lord told Abram, said, Abram, leave your country. It's a pretty big deal to ask you to leave your country, you know. Then the Lord told Abram, leave your country, your relatives, and your father's house, and go to the land that I will show you. He didn't even have a destination. Imagine the friends and family go, hey, well, where are you going? I don't know. God's going to show me on the way. Would you be really excited about leaving in that circumstance? You know, it's like God says to leave my country, leave my relatives, leave my father's house, and all of them go, hey, well, God bless you. We hope everything goes well. Uh, where did you say you were going? Uh, I, I don't know. What state? Uh, I, uh, what country? I, I don't know. We're going to figure it out en route, you know. It takes a, a major step of faith, does it not? But anyhow, and then God says in verse 2, he says, I will cause you to become the father of a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and I will make you a blessing to others. See, here's the deal right here. You're blessed, so you can be a blessing to others. Sometimes we think, well, God just blesses me so I can just be blessed. God blesses us more than you can ever possibly stand so you can be a blessing to others and you can represent him well, wherever you're at, wherever you're going, whatever you're doing. And then it says in verse 3, it says, I will bless those who bless you, curse those who curse you. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. Will you allow Allow God to bless other people through you, through your life. You think about it. It's like God's looking. He, he blesses us, and he wants me to touch someone else's life for him. Can he do that through you? Think about it for a moment, you know. And, well, if you say, yeah, well, could he start today blessing somebody else through you? God will bring people across your path today, and maybe with your words, your time, your energy, or your resources, you can be a blessing. You can point people toward Christ. You can light their world, you know. Anyhow, in Genesis chapter 22, verse 16, it says, this is what the Lord says, because. Would you all say that word with me? Because. Because. Let's say it one more time. Because. Okay. This is what the Lord says. Because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your beloved son. Now, I want us to repeat this part again, okay? Because you have obeyed me. Can we say that? Because you have obeyed me and have not withheld. Now, think about that. He says, because you have obeyed me and not withheld. Let's say that again if we could. Because you have obeyed me and have not withheld. Hang on. Think about that for a moment. Withheld. It means to refuse me. It means to, uh, to hold back, to keep for yourself. And he's talking about his son here. 
Where, where God was talking to Abraham here about giving his son as a sacrifice. And God's saying here, because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your beloved son. If you think about it, God didn't withhold his son either, did he? He gave up his son. We know his name is Jesus for you and for I. So God goes on and says, I swear by my own self that I will bless you richly because you haven't held anything back, even to the point of giving up your son to Abraham, who was willing to sacrifice him on a mountain. And once he was getting ready to sacrifice him, God sent an angel says, okay, we know what's going on in your heart, Abraham, and you know what's going on in your heart, that you are sold out to God. God is number one. You know, he's first place in your life. You know, so because you have obeyed me and not withheld even your beloved son, I swear by my own self, verse 17, I will bless you richly. Then verse 18 goes on to say, and through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed, all because you have obeyed me. And we, and we saw that last week a little bit as we were studying Unlocked Treasures. It is, the, the key is really obedience, but not obedience out of fear or something like that, but obedience out of love. Out of, of love and faith in Almighty God, we obey him because what he tells us and how he speaks to us in his word. This is what it says in Luke chapter 11, verse 27. It says, as he was speaking, as Christ was speaking, <clears throat> a woman in the crowd called out, God bless your mother. That was a noble thing, you know. God bless your mother and the womb from which you came and the breast that nursed you. And, and Jesus did not deny that. But let's see how he responded in verse 28. He replied, but even more, even more blessed than my mama, Jesus is saying, even more blessed than Mary, but even more blessed are all, and this includes you and me, but even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. Even more blessed than Mary, and she was greatly blessed. Jesus says, even more blessed are all the people who hear the word of God and they apply it, they put it into practice in their life. He has treasures unlocked for us all. Every day God wants us to discover treasures that have been unlocked and left there for us that we see the fingerprints of Almighty God every day. And that's hard to imagine. He says, even more blessed my mama are those who believe God's word and they apply it. They put it into practice. Listen to what he says here in Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. He said, should people cheat? Should people cheat God? Should people be dishonest, you know, corrupt? Should people be deceitful? Should people con and swindle God? Do you think that you could pull the wool over God's eyes? I think he can see with his eyes shut. You know, I think he knows what's going on. 
So it says here, should people cheat God? Yet you've cheated me. This is God talking. You've cheated me. You, 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 you've uh, refused me. You, you've withheld. You, you held something back here, you know. You kept something for yourself that you should not have. It says, <clears throat> you have cheated me. He asked that question first. Should people cheat God? My mama, when I was 10 years old, my mom sat me down and explained this passage to me because she wanted, with all that was within her, for God's blessing to be upon her son. And I took this to heart when I was 10 years old and have up until I'm 61 years old now. But anyhow, it says, should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. You've held something back. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? And God said, you cheated me of the tithes and offerings due. The word due means outstanding. It's unpaid. The tithes and offerings due to me. You withheld them. Now, let me ask you a question. What happens if you withhold your taxes? Somebody said something about they'll find you, and they'll also find you because they have a resort for you. All your expenses are paid. Your food is all taken care of. You know the temperature. All the utilities are paid for. You don't have to make a lot of decisions. You're just really cared for. So what's the name of that resort? Uh, prison, I think it is. Anyhow, so withholding taxes is not the way to find unlocked treasures, you know. What about if you withhold your mortgage or your car payment? What happens? You could actually forfeit your home or your car. Is that right? I mean, so you don't withhold those things. You understand that belongs to somebody else. I got to give them their part. And see, a lot of people don't understand this. And this is a, this is a key. I didn't write this, but I understand it, and I'm telling you 100%, it works. A thousand percent, if there was such a thing, it works. God wants us to understand how to discover the treasures being unlocked, the blessings being unlocked for us. So we go into this like, well, let me understand what God's trying to say right here. And he says, in uh, verse 8 again, you should, should people cheat God and You've cheated me, he says, but you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? And he says, you've cheated me of tithes and offerings due to me. And so you understand that, that an offering is, is like a gift. That's different than a tithe. A tithe is not a gift. You know, when you pay your taxes, is that a gift to Uncle Sam? It's not a gift. And he don't even have to say thank you either, you know, when he takes it, you know. But it's not a gift. God wants you and I to partner with him, and he's challenged every one of us on equal level. I don't care if you make a dollar a week or if you make a million dollars a week. It don't matter. He has given us all the same amount. It's just as difficult for a, a kid to give 10% of his dollar as it is for a millionaire to give 100000 you know. I mean, and, and we're all in the same place, and, and we, we obey God the same. He's allowed us to partner with him. Anyhow... He goes on to say in verse 9, you're under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. 
And then he, uh, well, let me just digress for a moment over into Proverbs chapter 21, verse 5. This is what he says. It says, good planning, good planning, and hard work lead to prosperity. That sounds like something we should be aware of, good, good planning. Not, not just any old plan, because you can make a bad plan, right? Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity. But hasty shortcuts lead to poverty, like cheating, like withholding. Well, I don't have to pay my mortgage this time. You know, I'll see if I can slip by and they won't notice it, you know, or whatever. Hasty shortcuts leads to poverty. All right, listen to what it says here. We'll get back over there in a moment. In, in Luke chapter 16, verse 10, it says, and Jesus is talking, he says, unless you are faithful, which just basically means honest, in small matters, you won't be faithful or honest in large ones. So if you're looking to hire somebody in some position or something, and they're not, un, they're not faithful with little stuff, eh, well, they'll be faithful with the big stuff. The little poor stuff's not really all that important. Uh-uh. You will discover God's word is absolutely true. If a person is unfaithful with little things, they will be unfaithful with big things. The Bible says so, and it's true. If people are faithful with little teeny tiny things that almost don't matter, they'll be faithful with big things. That's true. That's a biblical principle. Jesus himself is saying it. Unless you're faithful in small matters, you won't be faithful in large ones. If you cheat even a little, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? God won't. He understands this whole concept. And uh, at the end of the surface, I've got like, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds of these little metal keys. Some are gold and some are civil, silver. And uh, the ushers will have those out at the door to give everybody, take a key and put it somewhere to help you remember that this book here is filled with keys. You know, and if you discover a treasure of God that you think is locked, this right here, unlocks it right here. The keys are right here. And God will unlock all of his treasures and his promises and his blessings and, and the keys to success and prosperity. God will unlock those. For what purpose? So you and I can represent him well. God said he would do it publicly. He would bless us before the watching world. He wants the watching world to see how he takes care of his children. And when his children like reaches out and helps somebody why did you do that? Because God wanted me to. See, we represent him very well. And I want you to take a key when you leave in just a little bit, put it somewhere. It will remind you that all the wonderful keys that unlock all his treasures are found right here in this key box, okay, if you would. So um, let's go back to Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. And he says here, bring half of the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. Excuse me? All? All what? I'm sorry. I'm just picking with you there. But he does say that. God says that. It's a key. And once you see the end of this, and once you hear testimonies of so many people who put this to the test, it's amazing. He says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. And the storehouse is your church. And if, if you're a member of another church and you're just visiting here, here with us, if you want to give something, you could do that, but that would be like an offering. It would be a gift. 
Your tithe belongs to your local church so God can reach the people in the sphere of that influence over there. That's where it's supposed to go. It's not even supposed to go to a ministry. It goes to your local church. And he says here, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. Now, this is God talking. He says, what's the next three words? If you do, says the Lord, 95% mighty. He's not 50% mighty or 95% mighty. He's not even 99% mighty. He's almighty. This is God we're talking about. And God says, if you do, says the Lord Almighty, I will open, unlock. That word there is unlock. I'm going to unlock and open the windows of heaven. And I don't know if you ever read this really closely, but it didn't say the window of heaven. The windows, plural. There's windows. There's all kinds of treasure, all kinds of blessings, all kinds of, you know, promises that God has given unto us. And God says, if you do, says the Lord Almighty, I will open the windows of heaven for you. And he knows everything about every one of you. And he says, and I will pour out a blessing, a treasure, prosperity. And that means body, soul, and spirit. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. And then God has the audacity to say, try it. Let me prove it to you. God says, let me prove it. You want to find out if in the existence of God, you want to find out if God's real or not? Just put him to the test. This is why Faith Living Church has done this since the very beginning. When people struggle on the area of tithing, I say, well, listen, you do what God says in his word. If God don't do what he said he's going to do, you give it a little bit of time, you know, a few months. If God doesn't do what he said he was going to do, you come and talk to us and we'll talk to the bookkeeper and they'll give it back to you. That's almost kind of like a foolproof investment, is it not? And, 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 and that stands to this very day. If a man or woman says, well, you know, I'm a, I, want, I want to believe this and I'm a, little, I'm a little concerned about it. I want to. But God said, if you do, says the Lord Almighty, I will open the windows of heaven for you and I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. That's pretty amazing. And then he says, try it. Put me to the test. See if God's real or not. Let me prove it to you. See, the windows of heaven. Any man, woman, any boy or girl. That's why my mama sat me down at the kitchen table when I was 10 years old and taught me these principles. Because she wanted God's windows opened upon my life. She wanted me to be blessed. You know, I'm going to tell you something. The treasure that God sends into our life is far more than dollars and cents. You understand that? There are people who have all the dollars and cents they can ever use in a, a thousand years, and they've taken their own life because they were empty and hollow. There's something more that they needed, treasures, blessings that they did not have. And what we need to understand is that God, in his infinite wisdom, he wants all the treasure unlocked. And all he wants is our obedience, obedience out of love. Because we love him and we believe him and we have faith that he'll do what he says he'll do. 
not just in this principle, but in all the things that we learn here. There are keys. And, and, and God says, hey, open it. You know, I'm not locking it away. I want it to be unlocked. I want you to access all my blessings, all my treasures. Well, <clears throat> let's look here. Let's see what verse am I looking at now? Where was that? Okay. James chapter 1, verse 25. And it says, but if, James 1, 25 says, but if you keep looking steadily into God's perfect law, which is his word, the law that sets you free, even if you're a slave, I'm telling you, God's word sets you free. But if you keep looking steadily into God's perfect law, the law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it, for putting into practice everything he says in his word. And in Genesis 39, verse 2, it says, the Lord was with Joseph. You remember what, about Joseph? Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery. He was a slave down there in Egypt, you know. Somebody bought him just to put him to work, you know. It says, and the Lord was with Joseph, and he blessed him greatly. Even as a slave, God blessed him greatly. He blessed him greatly. As he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Verse 3 says, Potiphar noticed this. He noticed it. God's with this man. Everything he touches, blessed. God, he's my slave. And he was. Potiphar noticed this, and he realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did, even as a slave. The promises of God are true. When God unlocks a treasure, it don't matter where you are, who you are, God unlocks it, it's for you. And here his master, Potiphar, he recognized everything that Joseph touches, it turns to gold. It's blessed. Everything he does is blessed. So he promoted him over all of his servants, all over all of his slaves. And the only thing that Potiphar had for himself was his wife, and he chose what he was going to eat on a daily basis. And Joseph ran everything else because God blessed him so much. Potiphar was blessed because Joseph was there. Potiphar saw the favor of God flowing onto him because of Joseph's relationship with the Almighty. That's just the way it was. Joseph was not seeking treasure. He was not seeking blessings. He was not seeking success. Joseph was seeking God. And see, when you seek God, all that God has comes with the package. And he put God first. This is what it says here in Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. It says, God blesses those whose hearts are pure. And Joseph had a pure heart. You remember when Potiphar's wife tried to entice uh, Joseph? He fled. She false accused him, falsely accused him. Joseph ended up in prison because she falsely accused him because she was trying to get Joseph to be unfaithful. And he would not dishonor his God. So they had him put in prison. Lo and behold, it was at no time to where the jailer down there said, you know what, God's blessings is upon this young man. And he put Joseph over the entire prison. He ran everything. And... Uh, as time progressed, the Pharaoh, the king of the land, he had a very disturbing dream. And he wanted someone to tell him what it meant, and no one knew. And there were some guys who had been in prison for a season. They said, there's a guy down there in prison who understands such things, and he could interpret your dream. And so the Pharaoh called Joseph to him, and not only did he interpret it, he told him what the dream was. And he interpreted it, 
And then Pharaoh said, well, who's wiser than you? And he put him second in command to himself. Life and death was in the power of Joseph's hand. He had a pure heart. He didn't go run home and take care of his brothers at that time either. You know, he had a pure heart. He had a relationship with God and God's blessing was upon him. He discovered the treasures of God were unlocked. And now he's free. But he was free even while he was imprisoned. He was free because of his relationship with Almighty God. Listen to what it says in Proverbs 16.20. It says, those who listen to instruction will prosper. And see, Joseph was a man who listened to the instruction from God. And if a man or a woman, a boy or a girl, will listen to the instruction of Almighty God now and this day and time, it says, those who listen to instruction, God's word, will prosper. They will be blessed. Now in James chapter 1, verse 25, I don't know if you've ever heard that one before, but it says in James 1, 25, it says, but if you keep looking steadily into God's perfect law, the law that sets you free, even if you're a slave, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Have y'all heard that verse before? We just read it five minutes ago. Y'all remember that? Maybe I should start the first again and see. Okay. Would you open your Bible now? Let's look at John chapter 8, verse 31. And it says, Jesus said to the people who believed in him. Now, my question to you right now, and all you online, do you believe in Christ? Yes. He says here, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you keep obeying my teachings. Not if you obey him at Christmas and Easter, but if you keep obeying my teachings, you're my disciple. And then he goes on to say, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And Joseph found that he was free and promoted even as a slave. And then he was taken from the prison and put in second command to the Pharaoh of Egypt himself. The truth, obeying God because you love him, having a relationship with him, it changes things. Now, I'd like to read to you a verse. I don't know if you've ever read this one before. It's found in James chapter 1, 25. It says, but if you keep looking steadily into God's perfect law, the law that sets you free, even if you're a slave, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. It worked for Joseph. And it works for every man, woman, boy, and girl who will take God's word to heart. Deuteronomy chapter 29 verse 9 says, Therefore, obey the terms of this covenant so that you will prosper. What does that say? In everything you do. You think a business, a manufacturing, a company, a nation will keep a covenant they made? Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. How many treaties have ever been broken? A couple of them, I think, you know. How many contracts have ever been broken? But God has always kept his covenant. And he says here, therefore, obey the terms of this covenant so that you will prosper in everything you do. Now listen to what Elizabeth told Mary. You know, Mary, the mother of Jesus, Elizabeth, whose son was John the Baptist, the forerunner, you know. Elizabeth told Mary, it says in Luke 1:45, it says, You are blessed because 
when I see the word because, I, I am intrigued because of how there's a, you know, this made this happen. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. Do you believe in God to do what he says? Do you believe that if you ask, you're going to receive? Do you believe if you pray, God's going to hear and answer your prayers? And she told Mary, you are blessed because you believe the Lord would do what he said. And I want to be a man who believes God will do exactly what he said he'll do. And I've proven that in all the years I've been in ministry that God does what he says he's going to do. First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9, it says, There was a man named Jabez who was more distinguished than any of, the other, of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez. Can you imagine having a name like Jabez? Because his birth had been so painful, it meant sorrow. How would you like to be named sorrow? Grief, you know, misery. Can you imagine other kids in the community growing up? Hey, can grief come out and play ball with us? Hey, is misery home today? How would you like to have a name like that? But that's what his name was. And everybody knew that, you know. It says in verse 10, he, Jabez, was one who prayed to God of Israel. He prayed to the God of Israel, oh, that you would bless me and extend or expand my lands. Oh, that you would enlarge, is what he's saying here, enlarge, expand the borders of my territory. That was what Jabez was praying and asking God, you know. He was not satisfied to remain the same. Are you? Are you satisfied just everything just keeps going on like it is? Or would you like to have a bigger impact? Would you like your influence and your territory to expand? Would you like your family's be greater blessed, your business to, to expand and extend way beyond what it is now? He said here, he was the one who prayed to God of Israel, oh, that you would bless me and extend my lands, the borders of my territory, you know. Um, in the book of James, it says, we have not because... We ask not. If you had a name like that was called misery, would you pray? Well, would you be so bold with God? Well, listen what it tells us, what Christ tells us in the, uh, the book of Matthew. Matthew 7, 7, it says, keep on asking. Keep on. Keep on asking and you will be given what you ask for. Keep on looking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open. That describes a man, a woman of faith, who they just keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. And then he goes and says in verse 8, for everyone who asks, this is God's word, everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And the door is open to everyone who knocks. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? How many of you will give your kids stones to eat? That would be quite expensive to repair all them teeth, you know. Or if they ask for a fish, do you give him a snake? Of course not. And then verse 11, he goes on to say, If you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, 
How much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask? Now, Jabez, Jabez was bold. He was not afraid to ask God to bless him. Are you? Well, I don't know. Is it okay to ask God to bless me? Yes, it is. It is absolutely okay to ask God to bless you. Jabez, he demonstrated that for us. It's one of the most powerful lessons on prayer you'll find in the Bible. And he asked God. He wrestled with God and he asked for a blessing to bless me and expand the borders of my territory, you'll see. What about you? Would you dare to ask God to bless you and to expand the borders of your territory, of your influence? Would you dare do something? Would you be so bold? Do you have enough of confidence to ask God something like that? Let me read again. First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and expand my lands. Please be with me in all that I do. And you remember what it tells us in Romans? It says, if God be for us, who can ever be against us? Nobody can successfully be against us when God's for us. And, and, and Jabez says, please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. Keep me from evil and from harm that my life would, that my life would be the opposite of what my name says. Bless me indeed and expand the borders of my territory. And God granted him, Jabez, his request. What about you? How big is your dream? Do you have a big dream that takes almighty God to answer it? Or do you have just a little bitty dream? Think about it for a moment. God wants you to dream big. I mean, God who created the planet, sent his son to die for us. He wants you to dream big, to pray big prayers. Because see, he's already unlocked all of his treasures. And his blessings await you. And so many times in a day, we walk by treasures that are unlocked. Blessings that are there. Promises that are there. The promise of success. We walk by them and we don't even recognize they're there. Maybe because we don't value what God says. Maybe we're not even aware that he does those things. He blesses us. He says he blesses us before the watching world. He wants the watching world to know how the father takes care of his children and we make a big impact for him. We influence this world for him. We light our, our world. There was a man who had done something wonderful. And a king called him in and he told him, he said, mark off as much of the kingdom as you want and it'll be yours. The man took his staff and just traced a line in the dirt around himself. And the king watched as he finished, and he said, is that all you want? Just what's in the circle? And the man said, no. I want everything outside the circle. That was a smart man. You know, what if you and I were to do the same thing? We'll draw a little line around this building here, wherever you're at, and say, God, I want, I want the men and the women, the boys and the girls to come to know Christ. Everybody who's outside this circle right here. And we'll reach all to the ends of our state, you know, our town and then our state. And reach to the end of our, our country and then expand even to maybe other countries. Like Guatemala and Ethiopia and Spain and Madagascar and wherever. Do you think that God would 
answer a little prayer like that if we ask God to, to bless us and to, to give us the nations to come to know him? You think God would answer a little prayer like that? Yeah. I agree with you. Listen to what he says right here in Hebrews chapter 4, 16. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. God loves a man or a woman who has confidence in him, who is bold in asking. One time a fellow came to Alexander the Great, and uh, Alexander the Great said, hey, go into my treasure house, treasure building, palace. It was a big place. He said, take anything you want. And the guard over the treasury there came in and said, hold on a second. You don't know what he's asking for. You don't know all the stuff he's wanting to take out of there. Alexander the Great says, he honors me. He asks big because he thinks I'm great. Do you think God is hindered by a big prayer from you? God goes, oh, you know, we'll have to lay a few angels off if I answer your prayer, you know. <laughs> I don't think so. It says here in Hebrews 4, 16, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we'll find grace to help us when we need it. But he said, go boldly. Don't go timidly and sheepishly when you pray. Go to God boldly. That's what he tells us in his word. 1 John chapter 3, verse 21, it says, Dear friends, if our conscience is clear, we can come to God with bold confidence. But do you ever have a little guilt or shame? Yes, that's the truth. And the way we deal with that, we go to God and say, God, I'm sorry. I have sinned against you. I did what I shouldn't have done or I didn't do what I should have done. And you just get before God some more privately and say, God, please forgive me for my sins. And the Bible says if you confess your sins, he's faithful just to forgive you and cleanse you from every wrong. And then you've got confidence again, like a child going to his daddy when everything okay, cool between them, you see. So it says, dear friends, if your conscience is clear, we can come to God with bold confidence. You know, in, in uh, Proverbs 28, 13, it says, people who cover over their sins, they don't confess them, but they cover them over, they hide them. People who cover over, cover over their sins will not prosper. Oh, these are, are keys that we're learning here. How to use them and access the blessings, the treasures of Almighty God. But if they confess and forsake them, they will receive mercy. Tremendous blessings you see here. And then in Matthew 5, 8 says, God blesses those whose hearts are pure. Like Joseph's heart was pure. He forgave his brothers who had done him wrong. So one of the keys to having answered prayer, somebody who's hurt you, you got to forgive them. You have to forgive them if you want the blessings of Almighty God upon you. Okay, going over here to 1 John chapter 3, verse 22. Listen to this. And we will receive whatever we request because we obey him and do the things that please him. I'm going to tell you over and over and over and over and over, we see these keys that have unlocked God's treasure. And if we'll just access it the way he says to in his word, and we will receive whatever we request, whatever. Like Alexander the Great, let him go in, in my treasure chest and take anything he wants. He honors me by thinking I'm that great. 
And we will receive whatever we request because we obey him and do the things that please him. Some people are just trying to please somebody else. People's watching us, just trying to please their peers. Well, let's do our best in 2017 to please and to honor Almighty God. He says in 3 John verse 2, and this is a powerful passage here in the King James Bible, it says, Beloved, I wish above all things, above everything else, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. Uh, how many of you would like to prosper in 2017? The rest of you, y'all just want to fail? Is that I'm just curious. How many would rather be your health start getting better in 2017 than it is even now? Is that okay with you? The rest of you guys just want to get worse? That's what I'm putting in the elevator. I'm, I'm teasing you, okay? But listen to what he says, beloved. I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. The key to prospering and the key to being in good health is to have your soul prospering. Because if your soul is prospering, you're right with God. You're hearing God's voice. You're a man or a woman who's willing to obey out of love what God nudges us to do. He says, above all things, above all, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. Physical blessings, that's good. Prosperity, that's good. But all that without a prospering soul is just empty and shallow and hollow. If your soul is not prospering, and your relationship with the Almighty God, if you're not rich in God, that's what counts. And to hear the voice of God and to be used in God's hand while you're here on this earth, it is an amazing, absolutely awesome thing. Mark chapter 8, verse 36, it says, And how do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but you lose your own soul in the process? What's, what's, what's more important? Is your soul really that important? Some people don't think about their soul, do they? Not in this world in which we live. But he says, what do you profit if you gain the whole world and then you lose your soul in the process? He says in verse 37, is anything worth more than your soul? And is anything worth more than the soul of the people whose lives that we touch every day? Are we nudging them a little bit closer to God every day? by who we are and by God expanding our influence and by God enabling, blessing us so we can bless them and nudge them closer and closer to God. When your soul's prospering, you'll be godly, godlike, Christian, Christ-like. First um, Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, it says, spend your time and energy in training yourself for spiritual Fitness. Now, any of you guys signed up this year for the gym? Kind of a New Year's resolution, going to the gym. Hopefully that's money well spent. <laughs> a lot of people just make a contribution to the gym. <laughs> and they never show up. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Well, physical training is important. 
But he says here, he says, spend your time, verse 7, spend your time and energy in training yourself for spiritual fitness. Physical exercise has some value. But spiritual exercise is much more important for it promises a reward, a blessing, a treasure in both this life and the next. Spiritual exercise affects you now and later. Physical exercise only affects you right now. So he says, spiritual fitness, train yourself spiritually. This affects you now and later. And then last verse is Proverbs 10, verse 6. It says, the godly. That's the people whose soul is prospering. The godly are showered with blessings. You ever heard the old hymn? It is well, it is well with my soul. Is it well with your soul? I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. Is your soul prospering? Is it well with your soul? Many years ago, the Spanish Armada was sailing off the coast of Florida a hurricane struck, and those ships laden with millions of dollars in gold and silver and went to the bottom in shallow water. People knew that the treasure was lost, but they didn't know exactly where the ships had gone down. One ship had gone down near uh, Vero Beach in Fort Pierce, Florida. Many people have been in that water uh, by the uh, Sebastian Inlet. Many have been swimming, scuba diving, snorkeling, spearfishing, right around that area, but none of them came up with any of the silver or gold. Many ships have been in there in the shallow water. Fishermen, doubtless, fished over that spot. They would hang a hook, perhaps on a lump of gold, and curse their luck because they had hung a hook on something they couldn't see. Then one day, some explorers decided the ship must be here. And they went out, and they made surveys, and they took tests, and they dove under and there it was in shallow water, so shallow that any of us who can swim could have dove to the bottom without air tanks. We're talking about shallow water. They brought up millions of dollars. There it was, but they didn't know it was there. Many people have yet to discover, you know, the full treasure that we have in Christ Jesus. They've not discovered it yet. Although this is the last verse. I'm not going to read any more. In Colossians it says, in him, or in whom, talking about Christ Jesus, but in him are hidden all the treasures. Colossians 2, 3, in whom, talking about him, Christ, are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And many people have not yet recognized the value. He's easy to be found right now. He's in shallow water. People are all around, but they've not made the choice to accept Christ. They've not chose to use the keys to unlock all the wonderful treasures that he's told us about right here. He wants it unlocked for you. He wants his blessings upon you. He wants you to succeed. He wants you to prosper so you can make a difference in this world and where you live. You can light your world. That's what he wants. But some people haven't discovered it yet, although it's so close. But I want to challenge you today. 
as we're launching out into 2017 to put Christ first, to dive into his word throughout this year, to value it like nothing else, and read a little bit of the Bible every day to discover the treasures that are hidden right here, claim the promises, and everything that God says is true, absolutely is true. Put it to the test. Let's bow our heads if we could. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for giving us your word. Lord, the, the treasure map to help us to see where it's at and how you've revealed it. You're not hiding it from us, but you're revealing it to us. Thank you for all the keys, for all the encouragement, how to access your blessings and your treasures, how we can be successful at everything from being a spouse to a, a husband, a wife, a mom, a dad, a neighbor, whatever it is, Lord, you teach us how to succeed, how to succeed as a believer, as a child of God, how to succeed as lighting our world and making a difference, how to succeed. Father, we just yield ourselves to you this day. We want your will to be done in us. And although we're, we're discovering it now that there are treasures all around us that often we walk by and don't even recognize as close, Help us to be alert to those things this year so we can access those treasures, those blessings, as you said to Abraham, that you bless us so we can be a blessing to others. As our heads are bowed, I'd ask you now to join me and reaffirm our faith in Christ and really expect that the best is yet to come. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that your word is true. I do believe the best is yet to come. And I thank you for your mercy and for your grace. And I ask that you would forgive me for all of my sins. I believe that Jesus died for me. I believe he rose from the dead and that he's knocking at the door of my heart. And I open wide the door and I welcome Jesus into every area of my life as my Savior, as my Lord. And as my king, I'm sorry for the times I've let you down, but I am determined to follow you closely in this new year. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. But before we leave, uh, in your uh, chair there somewhere close by, there's a little a weekly challenge. Now, I usually say we're going to do something for a week. This is, I'm asking you to make the agreement for a year. So think about it carefully before you check it off. It says, I will treasure God's word this year more than my necessary food. Now, how important is food to you? I haven't had no breakfast. I'm starving right now. But this is based upon a, a scripture in the Bible. It says, I will treasure God's word this year more than my necessary food because the blessings that come from God's word will transform your life in an absolute amazing, awesome way in this coming year. And when you value it, you think about it all the time. Can you forget? How many of y'all forget about eating? There might be one person in here, but most people don't forget about it. I don't. I think about it several times an hour. <laughs> I know you thought I was going to say a day, but an hour. 
but I want to think about God's word. So if that is you, you go, well, I'm going to try it. I will treasure God's word this year more than my necessary food. If that's you, check it off, drop it in the tithe box. If you prayed with us a few moments ago, please stop and uh, pick up a little gift bag at the Connections desk. There's a Bible and some other goodies that will inspire your faith. If you're a guest, let them know you're a guest. We've got a little gift for you. And all of you who never picked up your Christmas gift, let them know, I didn't get my Christmas gift. They'll be graciously glad to give it to you. If you need some prayer, there'll be people around the altar up here who would love to pray with you. And uh, don't forget, the ushers are going to be there at the doors with cups of these keys. Please, everybody, take a key with you. Put it somewhere that will remind you that the keys that unlock God's treasures are right here in this book. Look at it every day. You know, a little bit of it. Read it. Memorize it. Study it, you know, and let it change your life. God bless you. You are dismissed.